Welcome to Word Mission Church International Podcast. Now the Word with Paul Mensa Wood. We've had beginning the year fasting, praying, seeking the face of the Lord. And I trust you've had a blessed time as much as I have. Amen. It's one of the benefits of fasting or one of the things that he talks about when he talks about fasting in Isaiah 58. He says that one of the ways, the right ways to fast is to be a blessing to the poor. What we're going to do is just the amount of money you'll have spent on food while you are fasting, just gather it together and just when you give your offering, just say this is for the poor. I want to give to the poor and we'll feed the poor in our community. And by doing that, also, you are crossing your name off the list, saying that I'm not counted among the poor. Amen. I will be the one blessing the poor. Amen. 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 I, I will never be homeless. I will never be on the streets. No, nobody in my generation. Amen. We will be the ones feeding the poor. We will be the ones providing shelter for those that, that, need, that need. So you are, you are removing, you are, you are changing your status. I see your status changing in Jesus' name. As we make, we, last, last week, we, we, we are continuing along that thought of building a strong foundation. And if you remember, you can always catch up on the messages. But if you remember, we talked about the fact that so many things, civilization, so many empires, different systems come and go. The only thing that stands is what is built on the Word of God. And we looked at those people that were building in Genesis 11. And their foundation wasn't right, so it ended up in confusion and scattering. And we're talking about the fact that if you build and your foundation is not, whatever you are building in life, if the foundation is not God, eventually it will end up in confusion and scattering. Now we looked at, I'm just giving you some highlights from last week. We looked at in Matthew chapter 7, verse 23 and downwards, he talked about the, the, the one who built on the rock and the one who did not, whose foundation was not solid and we said that the storms of life come to all of us the reason the only the one who will stand and that rock really we say is Jesus but really if you look at it in context he's talking about the one that does the Word of God that hears and does the Word of God that's the person that has a solid foundation Amen. now turn with me to Matthew chapter 16 verse 18 Matthew 16 verse 18 let's look at this Matthew 16, verse 18. Now, he says this, that Jesus said, and I also say to you, let's, let's back up a little. Verse 17 says, Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Say like you believe it. What is Jesus building? <laughs> Shout that word church. What is Jesus building? Awesome. Good, 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 good. So the church is, is Jesus' building project. Jesus is not building a political party. Jesus is not building a shop. Jesus is not building whatever. He's building his church. And so it's very important to him. And, and you see, my, 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 my dad... Um, it's, it's, it's a building contractor. He has a lot of money. You're probably watching him. <laughs> hear me say that. <laughs> He's a, he, he has a, build, a, a brick manufacturing plant that he builds, and he has other businesses, businesses as well. And, and I, I watch him very closely. You see, the, the, ones that, the people that he talks and relates to most often are the people that are involved in the projects that he's involved in. Jesus is building his church. That is his vision. So to have a solid foundation, we must be interested and be associated with what he is building. Very, very important. Even, even as a pastor, the, I mean, we visit people, you do, you do so many things, but the people that you talk to most often are the people that you work with. Even at work, that's, that's, how it, that's how it is. So he's saying, I will build my church. And the reason why is because out of the church, so many other things flow. He, said, he didn't say he was building a school. He didn't say he was building a hospital. But out of the church, schools are built. Out of the church, 
pastors are raised out of the church hospitals may come forth out of the church missionaries are, church, are sent all these things so he's very interested in the church so if you want Jesus to be interested in whatever vision or whatever plan that you have tie it to what he is building and what he is interested in that's a solid foundation to be on very very important if you are a businessman whatever it whatever you are building whatever you are doing in life tie it to what Jesus is interested in that's how I always lived my life as a student when even as through all my years in school even though I was studying hard the church was at the forefront of my mind and it was first God was first and his church was first because I know what Jesus is building I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. In Ephesians chapter 1, he talks about the fact that the church is also his body. So when you get interested in his body, Jesus also gets interested in you. So I pray in the name of Jesus, may your vision and your goals align with what Jesus is building. If you believe that, say amen. amen. In some countries, they don't even want the church to exist. And the devil keeps fighting the church because he knows the potential. And you ought to be cautious when you are coming against the church because that, that's, that's the body of Jesus Christ. One time, the Apostle Paul in Acts chapter 9 was, I mean, killing pastors. He was involved when Stephen was, was being murdered. He was persecuting the Christians. And Jesus appeared to him and in, in, on, in, on one of his journeys and said, what's going on here? He says, what you have done against these people, you have, done, you have, you have come against me. And he said to him, it is hard for you to kick against the pricks. It is hard for you to fight against the body of Christ. So I pray that all throughout your life, may you never be involved in any activity that hurts the body of Christ. But instead, may you be part of the activity and may you be part of building the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you believe that, say amen. I thought I would just throw that in there. It will help, it will help someone. Amen. Now, all, you see, turn with me also. I said I have different tracks going on in me. We'll, we'll, we'll get it out. Now, the world is getting difficult and more difficult because the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ is drawing closer and closer. But, but you see, before when Jesus Christ came, the stage, the, his first coming, the stage had to be set for him to come. There was a Roman Empire and Augustus was ruling at the time and all that and to solidify his kingdom there was a census that he that he organized and everyone had to go to their own Jesus came at the right and perfect time and his second coming is, is tied again to the same area and we see the Roman Empire, the former Roman Empire in Europe, trying to, Europe is trying to come together, you know, I mean, EU, all this, the stage is being set. There's a spirit coming of Antichrist in the earth. The stage is set for Jesus Christ to come. But you see, for you and I, it's, it's so important that as what, no matter what goes on in the world, turn with me to Luke 21, verse 20, 28, let's start from 25. He says, and there will be signs in the sun, in the moon, and in the stars, and on the earth, distress of nations. Does that describe us or what? Distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them from fear. Does that describe our days or not? And the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Things are being shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. 28. Now he says this. Notice this. He says, now when these things begin to happen, look down. What does he say? He says, look down. Are you reading the same Bible I'm reading? What does he say? Look up. And lift your head because your redemption draws near. Even though things are getting tougher and more difficult in the world, for the people of God, he says what? Look up. Look up. Lift up your eyes. 
your redemption is very close. And in this season, in these days and times, if you are watching on TV, listening on the radio, wherever you may be, if you don't have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, this is the time to run in and run in quick. But for us who believe in the Lord Jesus, he says, look up. There is hope because we have him in our lives. And because we have him, our tomorrow will be all right. Amen. Amen. Now, to, to really make it, it, just go with me to Romans chapter 8, verse 6. Notice this, Romans chapter 8, verse 6. Romans chapter 8, verse 6. It says, for to be carnally minded is death. This letter is written to Christians. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. To be carnally minded is death. So, even though you are a Christian, and you say, it says to be spiritually minded. You see, in 1 Thessalonians, we'll come back to this. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. Thank you, Lord Jesus. 1 Thessalonians 5, 23. He says this, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So you can be a Christian. So here, he tells us that primarily we are spirit, we have a soul and we live in a body. And God is concerned about all, all these aspects of our lives. He's concerned about our, about our spiritual lives that we walk in close fellowship with him. He's concerned with our souls that emotionally and our soul, our soul is also healthy. And I mean he wants you, your body, to be healthy as well. He wants you to be blessed in life. He wants you to, 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 to be successful in whatever career that you have. But you see, from, from his perspective, everything flows from the spirit. So, so he's, he's saying that you can even be in the kingdom of God, but if you are carnally minded and you're only concerned about the things of the flesh, you receive the result of death in your life. It doesn't matter. It's a spiritual law. But if you are spiritually minded, then life and peace will be yours. I pray in the name of Jesus, may life and peace be yours in the name of Jesus. I said may life and peace be yours in the name of Jesus. Now, from a natural standpoint, God is interested in every aspect of our lives. But there is a way to live our life. There is a way to go, up, uh, go about things and live for God. Let's take a young person, a young lady that wants to get married. You, you see, you can go about it the, the right way or you can go about it the wrong way. And when you are spiritually minded and you, are, you, are, you mind the things of God and seek God first, then everything else will fall in place. But if you go about it the wrong way, and let's say, for instance, just focus on the outward appearance because you, are, you, you want to get married and not focus on the inside first, then you've reversed the other. It has to start from the spiritual first. Look at something here. Luke chapter 2, verse 40, talking about Jesus. Luke 2, 14. He says, And the child grew and became strong in spirit, filled with wisdom and the grace of God was upon him. The child did what? Grew and became strong in spirit, filled with wisdom and the grace of God was upon him. If Jesus needed the grace of God, we need the grace of God. <laughs> we need it so much more than ever before. The grace of God was upon him. In Hebrews, you see so many times, it is grace, grace, I'll say this, it is grace that makes great, not just skill. Let me repeat it again. It is grace that makes grace, not just skill. There are so many, some people who are highly skilled, but they are, without the wisdom and the grace of God, they have, that skill has not produced anything for them or for the kingdom of God. There are many strong people, but they are not great. 
But I pray in the name of Jesus, with the grace of God on our life this year, we'll be scaling higher heights in the name of Jesus. I said with the grace of God in our lives, we'll be scaling higher heights in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 4, 4 verse 16. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, and, and see something there. We are talking about, we are pouring concrete into our foundation. So, a solid foundation that will stand all through the sea and our lives. He says, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Let us come boldly. To the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Now, there are so many, there are so many graces. Some that we haven't even touched yet. But if Jesus was able to make it and he had the grace of God on him. What are some of the graces that we should ask for? It says, come boldly. Don't come crawling. Your father is the one sitting on the throne. He's the king of kings and the lord of laws. He's not an ordinary person. But he's, it's an open invitation. Another translation puts it this way. It says, come boldly to the throne room of love gifts. So many good things are available for us. You see, so many times people are in need because they don't know what they need. I'll say it again. People are in need because they don't actually need know what they need. The greatest needs that we have are spiritual needs. And when you get on key, when you get on key spiritually, you put yourself in a position to really make it. I pray in the name of Jesus all throughout this year, may you be aligned with God from a spiritual standpoint. I said, may you be aligned with God from a spiritual standpoint. So what kind of grace should we ask for? One, ask in this year, if you are building a strong foundation, ask for grace to love him more and more all throughout this year and throughout your life. Because you see, you can't have a heart for God and be stranded. I'll repeat it again. You can't have a heart for God and be stranded. Notice what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. Thank you, Lord Jesus. He says, but as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him Amen. hallelujah the things he has prepared for those who love him as for grace the lord I, I know i love you and i know i have a relationship with you but this year i want my love walk and my relationship with you to go to another level. He says that the person, he says, but he goes on to say, but God has revealed this to them to us through his spirit. For the spirit says all things, yes, the deep things of God. When you love God, you have positioned yourself to receive all that is the foundation of this thing all that he has for you i has not seen neither has the ear heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things that he has prepared for those who love him ask for grace to love the lord Ask for grace. He's talking about coming boldly and asking and obtaining 
grace. Jesus had great grace upon him. One time, some people came to came to Jesus. They asked him, "What really? What what is the what is the greatest commandment?" Jesus said to them, "You shall love the Lord your God with your all." I has not seen, neither has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those that love Him. Matthew 22, verse 37. Then one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him and saying, Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great, the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. All the promises, all the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Anybody that loves God is on a solid foundation. Love the Lord with your all. Notice the emphasis is on the word all. All your heart. All your soul. And all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. The second is similar to that. Out of that love for God will come a love for your neighbor. But the first one. The first one. That is the most important. I pray in the name of Jesus, ask for grace to love the Lord more. Ask for grace to love him more and more. Receive the grace to love him more and more. I said receive the grace to love him more and more. In the name of Jesus. Two, you are coming in boldly into the throne room of grace to ask for grace. What else do you ask for? Ask for grace for delightsome obedience as he communicates his instructions to you in your private devotions, meditations. Ask for grace for delightsome obedience. Very important. It's the, in the obedience and the doing of the word that makes the difference. No, you see, it's not an obedience that is forced. Actually, when you love God, the obedience flows naturally. It's not difficult to obey. He says his commandments are not grievous. So, notice this. In Psalm 112, looking at the profile of a blessed person. Psalm 112, from verse 1, he says, Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who delights greatly in his commandments. His descendants will be mighty on earth the generation of the upright will be blessed wealth and riches will be in his house and his righteousness endures forever but notice verse one the one who fears the lord the one who delights greatly in his commandments the one who delights greatly in his commandments praise the lord blessed is the one who fears the lord and delights greatly the commandments of god are his delight what god says is what excites you what do you get excited about? Whatever God says, it's not a draggy kind of obedience. No, 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 no. That's not the profile of the blessed person. He says he delights greatly in his commandments. These are spiritual things that will sustain you all throughout this year and beyond. Lord, you get up every day. I know you have things to do. And, and, and the, more, the, the more you have on your plate, the, that's the first thing that comes on your mind. But get up every day and say, Lord, in the name of Jesus, thank you for blessing me with another day of life. I give you praise. I give you glory. Lord, what, what would you have me to do today? 
I know I have a job to go to, I have kids to take care of, I have a marriage, I have all these things. But Lord, really, what's on your, on your heart? I want what's on your heart to be on my heart and to be first in my life. I delight greatly in my commandment. And you will be surprised as you begin to follow him step by step. As Maybe you are reading a scripture and something jumps out at you. And say, wow, Lord, reveal to me what you are really speaking to me and what you want me to do. Someone said, I don't want to do that because, I don't know, maybe when I start talking like that, he will send me as a missionary somewhere, somewhere, I don't want to go. <laughs> so I don't even want to ask that question because I, 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 don't, want to hear, I don't want to hear an answer I don't like. <laughs> so I'm not going to ask and yield my life to God. Well, you are losing out if you do that. Life gets interesting when it is yielded into the hands of God. And say, not my will, my business, everything that I'm doing, I'm tying it to what you are interested in. That person, he says, notice the result. His descendants will be, will be, will be vagabonds on the earth. What will happen? <laughs> His descendants will be riffraffs. No. No. You are setting yourself up, not only you, but your descendants will be what? Mighty on earth. The generations of the upright will be blessed. I see you as you delight in his commandments and follow what he tells you to do. It even impacts your generations and they are blessed forevermore in the name of Jesus. They are mighty on the earth in the name of Jesus. Then he says, wealth and riches will be in his house, and his righteousness endures forever. So he has wealth and riches, and it hasn't affected his righteousness. It's still intact. You can have both. But the first part is the fear of the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Three, ask for grace for, a sustain, for sustainable zeal. Of the, for the Lord. A zeal for the Lord. A passion for the Lord. Notice how the, the disciples describe Jesus. In John chapter two, 2. Thank you Lord Jesus. Jesus went into the temple. And cleansed it out. They were buying and selling in the temple. And that's not what the temple was for. So he, he drove all of them out. And verse 16, he says, And he said to those who sold doves, These take these things away. Do not make my father's house a house of merchandise. Then his disciples remembered that it was written, Zeal for your house has eaten me up. A zeal for your house has eaten me up. Zeal for your house has eaten me up. Zeal for your house. Has eaten me up. There is a passion for God and for his house. That makes all the difference. As for that grace. A zeal and a passion for God. Elijah had it. One time in 1 Kings chapter 19. Verse 10. Thank you Lord. He says this. So he said, I have been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts. For the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars, killed your prophets with the sword, and I alone am left, and they seek to take my life. I have been very zealous for the Lord God. He got, he got discouraged at some point, and this is, this, he was very low in, 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 in his life. And, and, and it's interesting, you see, so sometimes the greatest battles that we face come after we've won a great spiritual victory. He gathered the prophets of Baal and called down fire. This is a prophet that called down fire and prayed. Fire came down. And right after that, Jezebel said, I'm going to cut your head off. <laughs> and this great prophet was running away. If you met Elijah and said, where are you going? He said, this, this Jezebel, Jesus is going to cut my head off. And that's why I'm running away. 
<laughs> this is very, I, 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 it amazes me. And, 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 and when God came to him, he said, God, just, just, just let me die. If you wanted to die, it's very simple. Stay, stay where you are, and Jezebel will have taken care of that. <laughs> it's not, it's not, it wouldn't have been a difficult thing at all. He didn't die any more than you want to die when you get discouraged. And I pray in the name of Jesus, if you are watching or listening and you are contemplating suicide, you have, men you have depression, you have mental, you, the, the, because of the pressures in the world, you are low and discouraged. Don't do it in the name of Jesus. I break that off of you in the name of Jesus. I break that off of you in the name of Jesus. May depression leave you in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. But he says, I have been very zealous for the Lord. And this is this, this is this, this is this, is, I mean, the, he, he, he went to heaven. Notice in verse 14, he said, he repeated it again. And he said, I've been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts because the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, turned down your, prof your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. And I am alone, I'm left, and they seek to take my life. And how did he end up? God brought him a heavenly limousine Amen. to take him up. <laughs> Jesus is the only one that went to heaven with angels carrying him. The only other person who had that privilege was Elijah. I have been very zealous for God. As you maintain your zeal for God, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus, may God will take care of you. Don't need to worry about that. I said God will take care of you. I said, God will take care of you. Amen. Grace to maintain your zeal for God. Receive it this morning in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Don't just start the year very zealous for God. And then by the time we get to February, you look and say, what happened to me? You see, no, no car can run effectively or can run with no fuel in it. You need fuel. You need fire. You need, you need a passion for God to keep you going. Receive that zeal and passion in the name of Jesus. Amen. Four, what other grace should we ask for in this year? Ask for grace for tireless labor in advancing the kingdom of God. Ask for, for grace for tireless labor in advancing the kingdom of God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 10. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 10. Thank you, Lord Jesus. He says this. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace toward me was not in vain. But, I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. He says that whatever I am in this life, it took the grace of God. And the grace that I received helped me to labor for him. And it wasn't I. It was the grace of God. It takes grace to labor. Labor means work. To work for God. And, 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 and you, you see, it's, 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 it's at that point, you are saying to him, ask for that grace. Because he's, he's saying that I didn't, I didn't do it on my own. The other apostles were ahead of me. Other people were ahead of me. But I labored. I worked for God. And you see, and anything you are good, however you are going to turn out in life, is going to take for the grace of God. He says, I am what I am by the grace of God. Receive the grace to labor for God. I said, receive the grace. To labor for God. Seeking first the kingdom of God. The projects that you have, as you put him first, 
may they be executed without sweat. Amen. May they be executed by the grace of God. Amen. You look back on this year and say, wow, everything I prayed about in this fasting season, everything I set out to accomplish, as I tied and put God first, check, this has been accomplished. Check, this has been accomplished. Check, this has been accomplished. And how did that, how did that happen? How did that happen? Because of the grace of God. Receive that grace this morning in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Five. Pray and ask for grace for kingdom advancement, praying for advancing the kingdom of God to be priority in your life. We are building a foundation here. Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. He says this. Notice what he says. This was, he was teaching his disciples about prayer. Verse 9 says, In this manner, therefore pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So, 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 so you see, you start your prayer with praise and worship. Then what's the very next, very next thing that he says? Your kingdom come. So, so when you are praying, the kingdom of God should be priority over everything else in your prayer life. It comes first before give us our daily bread. And what is God's greatest desire? Why did he send Jesus Christ? For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. In 1 Timothy chapter 2 he says that God who wills all men, all people to be saved. In Peter, he talks about it again. He wants everybody in this world, at the very least, to have the opportunity to hear God's word. And God's will is that everybody will be saved. So, remember where we started. Thank God, we are back where we started again. If Jesus is building a project, and this is the most important thing to him, I'm going to align my prayers with what he wants. And say, Lord, there are so many people around me that don't have a relationship with you. And they are looking for answers. In my prayer life, I'm going to make it a priority to pray for them. The Lord open their eyes that they may see the truth of the gospel. Your kingdom come. Every time someone gets born again, we, remember what we're talking about is we bring joy to heaven. Lord, Give me the grace to labor along those lines. No matter what your station is, is, in life is. Pray your kingdom come. And, and you see, when you pray like that in secret, in the same Matthew chapter 6, verse 6, he says, when you pray in secret, your father will see it and you will be rewarded openly. You will be rewarded openly. You are taking care of the spiritual first. Once your spiritual needs are met, the other ones will take care of itself. Very, very important. Daniel was praying three times a day. And at some point when the king needed answers, think about it. God rewarded him openly. Nebuchadnezzar came. And bow down to him. Daniel chapter 2 verse 46. Notice this. Daniel 2 46. He says, Then the king, king Nebuchadnezzar fell on his face, prostrate before Daniel, and commanded that they should present an offering, an incense to him. A whole king came to bow down before the person who had a prayer life. 
in the name of Jesus at your workplace. When they are looking for answers, they will come and look for you. Why? Because you have a relationship with the Lord and you pray and seek the Lord. And we are back to the prayer again. We talk, uh, this year, I'm hopping on it. The prayer is so important. It, Jesus did, didn't get around it and, and neither can we. It's so important. And when you're praying, focus, make the kingdom of God your priority. Seeing God's kingdom advance in the earth. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory be to the name of the Lord. Notice, 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 notice what happened. Let me show you a prayer secret. We really want to make it. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Look, Mark chapter 1, verse 35. Mark 1, 35. He says, and in the morning, talking about Jesus, none of us is greeted on him. Rising up a great while before day, he went out and departed into a solitary place and there prayed. You are not busier than Jesus, I don't think. <laughs> I know you have to get to work. If you have to start driving at 5 o'clock, set time and wake up earlier. It sets the pace for the day. He departed to a solitary place and prayed. 36, and says, And Simon and they that were with him followed after him. 37, and when they had found him, they said unto him, All men seek for you. When did people start looking for him? In the day. After he prayed. You see, you start your day looking for a job. You start your day thinking about what you have to do during the day in your business. Then you get frustrated by the time it gets to 11 o'clock. <laughs> because you've reversed the trend. He prayed. When he came out of his prayer, they said, everybody is looking for you. Do you see it? <laughs> Make time to pray if you are going to make it <laughs> in, in whatever you are doing as a student whatever make time to pray after he prayed he said everybody is looking for you thank you lord glory be to the name of the lord i pray this life and peace will be your portion in this year Amen. six grace Ask for grace for a tireless given life. Ask for grace for a tireless given life. Second Corinthians chapter 8 from verse 1. These are vital keys. Second Corinthians 8 verse 1. Let's look at a group of people here. He says, moreover, brethren, we make known to you the grace of God. So we are talking about, he's talking about the grace of God. Bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. There was a grace that they were walking in that he says, pay attention to this. It's very important. That in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded in, their riches, in the riches of their liberality. For I bear witness that according to their ability, and yes, beyond their ability, they were freely willing, imploring us with much agency that we receive the gift and the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. And not only as we had hoped, but they, notice this, first gave themselves to the Lord and then to ask by the will of God. 
Notice, this is so important. They had a grace in a great trial of affliction. The abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded in the riches of their liberality. They were very poor people. But they received and operated in a certain grace. I like to, we like to call it the giving grace. Notice, a great trial of affliction. So it's not, a, it's not, they are in a trial already. And the Apostle Paul is taking an offering for another church. They didn't say that we are so poor, we cannot do anything. If you do that, you remain poor. In a great trial of affliction, they made a decision that they were going to abound in a certain grace. They said that they, verse 5, not only as we had hoped, they did one thing first, and that's why sometimes we reverse it. They gave themselves first to the Lord. They gave themselves, you see, your life must be first given to the Lord. That's why I started with the last part. It's so important. If that's not in place, then everything else, everything else flows from there. They first gave themselves to the Lord. Lord, the, whatever station and state I am in life, my life is yielded to you. Amen. They first gave themselves to the Lord. And then they received a certain grace. And that's the grace I want you to pray for. He says, verse 3, For I bear witness according to their ability, yes, and beyond their ability. I like how, I like how the King James puts it. He, he says, For to their record, I bear record, for, for to their power, I bear record, yea, and beyond their power, they were willing of themselves. Beyond, that is, this is power, Beyond the natural ability that you have. They were willing. Praying us. Begging us. That we want to be part of this offering. We want to be part of this project. That you are involved in. That involves the building of the church of God. They are begging us. That's not how normal, normally poor people behave. They, that's, and that's the way out of the poverty. They were begging us to be a part of this. And he's saying that that power that we operated in was a grace that they received from God. And I want you to ask for that grace. And no, notice this. He goes on to say, in verse 7, he says, But as you are bound in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, and in all diligence, and in your love for us, see that you abound in this grace also. Amen. So giving, there is a grace also there. The giving grace. And he says, I speak not by commandment. I'm testing the sincerity of your love, the sincerity of your love by the diligence of others. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that through his poverty you might become rich. You're looking at the, 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 the conditions before you start giving at any level, you'll never do it. You have to start at the level that you are and say, Lord, I want to be involved in what you are involved in. You just get to the place where you say, Lord, my resources are yours. You don't have time to get into it, but in Genesis chapter 26, Isaac experienced a blessing in a time of famine when everybody else was not experiencing a blessing. His resources were yielded to God beyond 
their power. David said, of my own proper resources, I have laid aside for the temple and the building of, of God's house. In First Chronicles 29, verse 3. One time, I'll, I'll give you this testimony. One time, a businessman, a businessman was, times were difficult, his business wasn't doing well. And he didn't even, he wasn't very faithful in going to church. The wife went to church regularly, but he wasn't. He was, a, he was in, in a construction business. And he said, I, 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 you see, sometimes people stumble on spiritual loss without knowing. He said to his business partner, look, this thing that we are doing is not going so well. You, whatever money that you have, start giving off your tithes and your offering to the church that your wife goes to. I'll do the same where my wife goes to, and God will bless our business. <laughs> and they started, right where they were, at tithes and offerings. And God turned around that construction business and began to be blessed and prosperous. And so they, later on, this person obviously started going to church. It worked for him. And, he, and, and he, he made it mandatory. If you are coming to work for him, he put it in his paperwork. Do you tithe? <laughs> and some people, when they are coming to work for him, what, what is this here? What is this today? What is this today? They call it today. <laughs> what is it that you have in here? <laughs> it says it's not today. It's tithe. Tithe. 10% on the dollar belongs to God. <laughs> It belongs to God. Do you do that? He said, no, I don't do it. He said, you have to do that to work here. Find somewhere and go, go and do it. Maybe he might violate labor. I don't know if labor laws today. But he put it in there because it worked for him. And he knew that it would work for everybody else. In the name of Jesus, as you put the kingdom of God first in your finances, you will never be counted among the poor. Yeah. Nobody in your generation will be counted among the poor. He said, God will use you to build churches, missionaries all these things Amen. let it be first as for that grace abound in this grace also but i pray in the name of jesus may god turn it around for you Amen. i said may god turn it around for you Amen. may this be a year that god turns it around for you actually now now let me read that, that, that let's wrap up with that in genesis 26 notice this this was a difficult year but in, in, in the midst of it, God might lead you, give you a direction, give you a wisdom to take a step. And as you put his kingdom first, everything will turn around. Isaac had that kind of a year. And I pray you have that kind of a year this year. It says, then Isaac sowed, Genesis 26, 12, in that land, in the midst of famine, and reaped in the same year a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. The man began to prosper and continue prospering until he became very prosperous. For he had possession of flocks and possession of herds and a great number of servants. So the Philistines envied him. In the year where no one was supposed to make it, Isaac sowed in that land and he obeyed God. And everything, his financial life turned around. He went forward and became great, and became great, and became great. The people around were wondering. They started envying him. In the name of Jesus, this year will be a most blessed year for you. I said, this year will be a most blessed year for you. I said, this year will be a most blessed year for you. I said, this year will be a most blessed year for you. In every aspect of your life. Everything that you have lost, as you align with the graces that we are talking about, I see God turning it around for you. Everything that you have lost, I see you recovering in the name of Jesus. I see you recovering in the name of Jesus. I see you recovering in the name of Jesus. I see you recovering in the name of Jesus. The same year, he experienced. You will experience humbling testimonies in your life this year. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You, you see, no matter who you are, I just love, I, I sometimes I just love God, how he can take people's lives. And when they begin to align up with his will and purposes, turn it completely around. 
there was a certain man, he was a Buddhist. And his mother wanted him to be a, a, a Buddhist priest. They, they started training him along those lines. And he went to a place where there were a lot of, a lot of leprous people. They, they said to him, go and convert these people to Buddhism. But he spent seven years there trying to convert these people. And he, he wasn't becoming successful at it. Every time that he tells these people that, he said, no, Jesus is the way. The one that you are bringing is not the way. <laughs> he said, Jesus is the way. The one you are not bringing is not the way. So he said, finally, maybe it's because I don't look like these people. I'm going to shave my head and be like these people. This, he, he still wasn't doing it. And then one time he was, was in the temple and playing a, a, a wooden fish. It's an instrument that they have. And surprisingly, because he had been going to Christian uh, funerals, this hymn all of a sudden came out of him. In the sweet by and by. He said, what's this? <laughs> we shall, whatever the song is, don't ask me to sing. <laughs> we shall sing. <laughs> then the next, the next phrase came up. And before he realized it, the Holy Spirit had come on him. He yielded his life to God. And started speaking in other tongues. <laughs> and went on into be a, to, be, to be a missionary for the, on the other side. Now to, going to be a missionary for God. Amen. God can take any life and transform it around. Somebody who was a missionary, not a Christian missionary, just by hanging around. You hang around a little bit. Somebody said this is like a slippery, slippery bank. If you keep hanging around, very soon you will fall into it. <laughs> Your life will not be the same this year. Come boldly. Ask for the grace, number one, to love God more and more. Ask for grace to delight Him, to delight in His commandment, delight some obedience. Ask for grace for sustainable zeal for the Lord, not up one day serving God and the next day not, but a consistency in your walk. Four, ask for a grace to labor for God. I labored more abundantly than they all. Yeah, it wasn't I, it was the grace of God. Ask for grace to align your business, whatever plans you are making with the will of God. Five, ask for grace to make praying, to see God's kingdom advance as a priority in your life. Pray for that grace. As you do that in secret, God will reward you openly. In the name of Jesus. Six, ask for grace for tireless giving. Tireless giving. Tireless giving. In the name of Jesus. Lift up your voice and cry out to God. Let's pray. Let's pray. Receive that grace. So many graces. We just touched on a few of them this morning. It will be a solid foundation for your walk all throughout your life. In the name of Jesus. Grace to love God more and more. Lord, let me love you this year more than ever before. Lord, let me love you this year more than ever before. I has not seen, neither has the ear heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man, the things that God has prepared for those that love him. If you don't have a relationship with the Lord Jesus and you are willing to begin one with him, the Bible says that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except to the Lord. So we're coming to you right across the screen, right in your car, wherever you may be, across the nations of the world. You want to say, Jesus, I need you in my life. I cannot make it on my own. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. Just see him right where you are and pray this prayer after me. Just say, Lord Jesus, I've heard your word. I believe you were raised from the dead. And today, I confess you as my Lord and as my Savior. Thank you, Lord, for coming into my life. Making me new and help me live the rest of my life for you if you knew him and you walked away you say lord jesus take me back in the name of jesus use the information on your screen reach out and let us hear from you we trust this podcast was a blessing subscribe for more messages like these if you receive jesus as your lord and savior today we would love to hear from you email us at info at word 
you may reach us at 719-235-5535. Find us on Facebook. Be our guest this weekend at 5050 Edison Avenue, Colorado Springs, Colorado. Saturday at 6 p.m., Sunday, 10 a.m. May the blessings of the Lord be with you. 